Merry Christmas, everyone. The uh, creative element that we just saw there was intended to uh, help all of us slow down just a little bit. You know, in the, the busyness of the Christmas season, often we just get so caught up in that busyness that we forget to slow down and remember the simplicity of what happened on that first Christmas, that God became flesh. So this morning, what we're going to try to do is slow down a little bit, to slow down and sit in awe and wonder of what really happened on that first Christmas night. So if you're new with this, my name is Trent. I'm one of the pastors on staff here, and you can probably tell by the sound of my voice that I got an early Christmas gift, and I am trying real hard not to re-gift that to uh, anybody this morning, especially my family or you. So if at the end of the service and I'm out greeting, saying goodbye to everybody, and you want to wish me Merry Christmas from a distance, I will fully understand and not have hurt feelings at all. So if you're new with us, over the past month, we've been exploring different emotions related to the Christmas story. And there are a lot of different emotions in the Christmas story. So we've looked at joy, we've looked at fear, we've looked at jealousy, we've looked at confusion. And you might hear some of those emotions and say, well, that's kind of strange. Like those emotions don't seem like they fit in the Christmas story. But if you really read that story, you'll understand that there are many people had all kinds of emotions related to Christmas. And there are emotions in the Christmas story that we wouldn't first expect them to be there. And so this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to explore one more emotion tied to the Christmas story. And it's an emotion that several people had on that first Christmas. And it's an emotion I think that all of us should have every Christmas. So I'm going to take us back to that first Christmas night as recorded in Luke chapter two. So Luke chapter two, starting in verse eight. And as I read this this morning, what I'd like you to do is kind of put yourself in the spot of one of the characters that we're gonna hear from this morning. So maybe you put yourself in the spot of Mary, or maybe you put yourself in the spot of Joseph, or maybe you put yourself in the spot of the shepherds or the community that lived in Bethlehem or maybe even the angels as they were delivering one of the greatest messages that could ever be delivered to anybody. So starting in verse eight, it says that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by the sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. 
But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Now, if you had the privilege of being there that first Christmas night, I wonder what emotion might you have? So I'm going to ask you to uh, share your answers out loud. So what emotion do you think you would have if you were there and you really understood what was happening? Joy. Someone said joy. Awe. Awe. Love. Love. Excitement. Excitement. A little bit of confusion. Yeah. Mary was confused. We looked at that last week. Anybody else? Sadness. Sadness. Sa- sadness. Why? For what's to come, um, meaning his life and his death. Okay, the understanding of that. We'll get to that later in the service. Um, so yeah, I think there's all kinds of emotions that we might have that first Christmas morning. But think, like if you understood what was really happening there, what would you be feeling? Like you're understanding this is God in the flesh and he's come so that you can have life. Now, if you really understood that, I think we might uh, allow a word or several words to come out of our mouths. So what word might come out of your mouth in response to what you're feeling? And and please don't say any cuss words because this is church and it's Christmas. So what word might come out of your mouth? Glory to God in the highest. Holy. Holy. Wow. Yeah, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That's awesome. So I think if I were there, one of the words that I would say is the word that was given back here is just, wow. Like really? God has really become flesh? Wow. And I don't know if they said wow back then, but you know, I think we might say wow if if we were there. I think Mary and Joseph said wow. I think the shepherds probably said some sort of wow. And I think even maybe the angels said some kind of wow. Because, you know, you think about, you know, for them, here they are, you know, delivering this incredible message. And probably before that saying, God, like, are you sure? That's your plan. Like, you are going to become flesh. You're going to become a baby. And you're going to save those people down there through a perfect life that you're going to live. Like, that's your plan. Wow their creator, our creator, becoming flesh. So this morning, I want to explore the emotions of awe and wonder and how they fit into the Christmas story and how just the simple word wow can change our perspective of Christmas. So to do that, I want to help you get in touch with some of the moments in life that may have caused wow for you. Um, If you think back through your life, there's any number of things that might have caused wow for you, you know, and usually it starts when we're little, like some of the kids that were up on the stage this morning as we're growing, we're observing life, and there's so many amazing things about life that we can't quite figure out, and we experience it, and it's like, wow, that is just amazing. So I'm going to, bless you, um, I'm going to try to help you reconnect with your own wow moments by sharing some of my wow moments. So um, see if any of these wow moments from my life help you reconnect with those moments in your life. Now, when I was a young kid, I used to be in awe 
of planes that flew through the sky. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, if it's just me uh, or I'm just simple or what. But, you know, as a kid, I would see a big plane fly through the sky. And if I was riding with my dad, I'd say, Dad, Dad, look, there's a plane. Wow. And I used to think, like, how is it possible for us to get something that big, that heavy in the air and fly, you know, hundreds of miles or around the world? Like, how is that possible? And as a little kid, I would just say, wow. And then as I continued to grow, I got older, um, I got my first job. And with my first job came my first paycheck. And I don't know if you remember that for you, but it was like a wow moment. Like I got my paycheck and I saw my name and I saw the little numbers beside my name. And, I, you know, I was in awe. That was mine. Like I could go buy stuff. Wow, what could I go buy? This is going to be great. And I looked closer and I saw how much was taken out for taxes. And I'm like, wow, like, really? Like, I worked hard for that. Come on. Um, shortly after that, I got my first car. Anybody remember your first car? That was exciting. Here, here was my first car. AMC Concord. And get this, this is really exciting. So this is like a 70s model, really cool. It's got those cool hubcaps. And those hubcaps would come off when I was driving to school. And my friends would say, oh, there goes another one of your hubcaps down another street. Um, so it was great. Um, I had the chance to save up and buy a Nova Supersport. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's really cool. <laughs> Muscle car. But you can tell I didn't have the self-discipline for that because that meant waiting and saving and I wanted wheels. So I bought that beauty right there and uh, I didn't care what it looked like. I just knew it meant freedom. And so I got the keys, I paid for it. I got in the car and I'm driving going, wow, I got a job, I got a car, I got it made. And those were the days. And then I went off to college. And when I went off to college, I met my wife. And I met my wife in the courtyard of the university that we went to. And I was with my roommate, she was with her roommate. And I, I met my wife and just went, wow. You're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. And I, I, I didn't say it, but like, she could probably read it. And I was kind of drooling a little bit. And, <laughs> Like, I'm surprised she actually went out with me after that, but she did, and it was, you know, a, a blessing. So she went out with me, and then we dated for like two and a half years or so, and then we got married. And I took that beautiful woman on a honeymoon to Pennsylvania. <laughs> and she said, wow, <laughs> really? Pennsylvania? Hmm. I was kind of hoping for Colorado. So it wasn't exactly the wow I was hoping for. But then we started having kids and uh, we had four kids and uh, it was awesome to watch our kids be born. And with each child, we both said, wow, to the miracle of life. And then we've been watching our kids have their own wow moments. And that's been kind of fun. So watching our kids, especially around Christmas time, and especially when they were younger, when they were younger, they would come out for Christmas time and see the tree. And all of them kind of had the same response. They were probably like me looking at the plane going like, 
Wow. They're looking at the tree. They're looking at the presents and they're looking for the ones that have their names on them. And wow, this is going to be the best day ever. And then they'd open their presents and play with the boxes instead of the toys that we had bought. And so I said, wow, really? Like we could have bought boxes. Remember that, you know, with grandkids. There's any number of things in life that can cause wow moments for us. But here's a sad reality. As we grow older, we often lose our awe and wonder of life. Uh, not many years ago, my son was with me and we were driving around and he said, dad, dad, look, look at that plane. It's huge. Wow. And I said, yeah, buddy, I see it. He was in awe of something that I had lost my awe of. And that happens all the time. Happens all the time in life. Happens all the time with all kinds of subjects. And it happens even around Christmas time. We can get so caught up in the commercialism of Christmas and uh, maybe so familiar with the Christmas story that when it comes to us being reminded again of God becoming flesh, we go, wow, you know, that's great. That's, that's nice. And we lose our awe and wonder. So I want to remind you this morning of the awe and wonder we should have. And to do that, I'm going to ask uh, John the Apostle to help us. So in John chapter 1, the Apostle John records this about Jesus. So this is one of Jesus' closest followers. And he's not only describing Jesus as his friend and really good friend, but he's describing God in the flesh. See how many wow things stand out to you from this passage. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. And God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. And that should cause all of us to say, wow. They are reborn, not with a physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. So God became human. And he didn't just show up as a, a fully grown man and demand our allegiance. He came as a baby. A little baby who is completely dependent upon his creation for his survival. Would you do that if you were God? I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't trust my own creation to take care of me and for my own survival. But Jesus did that. Wow. Now this morning, I want to do some wow exercises with you. And this is going to feel a little bit corny, but that's okay because I'm a little bit corny. So it's all going to be all right. But what I want to do this morning is I want to read 10 short statements from the Christmas story. And I want you to respond by saying, wow. So all you have to say is wow. And I'd like your wow to, to kind of sound a little bit more like the awe-inspired wow that God became flesh instead of, wow, there's a plane, or wow, you really took me to Pennsylvania for our honeymoon. So however you would respond with your wow, it can be one of those like, wow, exciting wows, or one of those reflective wows. But I'd like you to respond to these statements by simply saying, wow. So let's practice with our first statement. So our first statement is this. Over 2,000 years ago, God chose a young Jewish virgin girl from Nowheresville to be the mother of God himself. Wow. Wow. Great. That's how we're going to do it. You got it. Here we go. Statement two. When Mary realized that giving birth to the Son of God would mean that she would face ridicule and rejection the rest of her life, she still said, I am the Lord's servant. May all this happen to me as you have said. When the angel told Joseph to marry Mary, instead of refusing to do that because of the rejection and ridicule he would face, he did as the angel commanded and took Mary as his wife. Wow. Wow. When there was no room for them in Bethlehem, Mary gave birth to our creator, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords in a stable. Wow. Wow. When King Herod refused to worship and welcome Jesus into the world, God brought wise men from a distant land to announce to the world that the Messiah had come. Because of his jealousy, King Herod did everything he could to kill baby Jesus, but God protected him and kept him alive. When Jesus grew up, he announced, I have come to save the world, not to judge it. And then he proved that by living a perfect life, dying a horrible death so that we can have eternal life. After Jesus' death, he rose from the grave and defeated the curse of sin and death that we brought into the world and made it possible for us to live forever. And we can live forever with God, not by trying to earn our way there, but by putting our faith and trust in Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. Wow. There are many things in the Christmas story that should cause us to pause and just say, wow, did that really happen? Like, wow, God really became flesh. He really came here for me. He really came to live a perfect life and to die this horrible death so I can live forever. Wow. And so we should slow down every Christmas and think about all the wow moments there are and to just pause and sit in awe and wonder of what God has really done for us. So what I hope you'll do this Christmas is I hope you'll look for all the wow moments that you can find. 
And we've got tonight, we've got tomorrow, and we've got this next week before the new year starts. And we've got a lot of opportunities to, to share with family, to share with friends, spend time together, maybe even coworkers, and talk about some of the wow moments that we've recognized in this Christmas story. And one of the things I hope you'll do is I hope tonight or tomorrow you will read the Christmas story either for the first time or you'll read it again. And as you read it, I hope you'll just pause it. Everything that kind of causes you to stop and go, wow, I hope you'll pause and say, wow. And you'll talk to other people about why that stands out to you. What's so significant about that for you? And to help you read through the Christmas story, we've put together our spiritual growth challenge with some great elements on it. So this is a one-page document that we make available each week, and it helps us take what we're talking about on Sundays to a more personal level, to a deeper level. You can pick copies of this up at our Connection Center right at the left side of the door as you're walking out. So I encourage you to grab one of these, and then when you get with family or you get with friends or, or you're reflecting uh, by yourself, just read through some of these questions. Read through some of the, the, the passages that talk about the Christmas story in Luke and Matthew and look for those wow moments. And if you have young children, I think this would be a great thing to guide them through. My, my wife and I have been doing something like this over the past 20 years with our kids. And we learned it from our parents. And so tonight, or tomorrow morning, we'll sit with our kids and I'll read through this and I'll read portions of the Christmas story and I'll ask them to identify wow moments that stand out to them from that Christmas story and and ways that we can keep awe and wonder alive for us every Christmas. So I hope you'll do that. Grab one of these before you leave. Now, before we wrap up, we're gonna celebrate communion together. And communion is another one of those things that we can lose our awe and wonder of, especially if if you're from a, a faith system that celebrated communion on a regular basis. Um, we can kind of get familiar with communion and, and be like, yeah, that's just, you know, another one of those things we check the box off for. Um, and yet we, we kind of miss out on what really happened with communion. Jesus initiated communion at Easter time. And communion reminds us that it is the bookend to Christmas. So we've got Christmas, we're celebrating the birth of our Savior, and then today we're celebrating communion as well, which is a recognition of our Savior's death. And all of that reminds us that Jesus was born with the purpose of dying so we can live. He took our place. When we kind of messed it up in the world, in our relationship with God and other people, Jesus stepped in and said, I'll pay your sin debt. I'll die so you don't have to. And I don't know about you, but every time I think about that, that makes me stop and go, wow, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for the incredible gift of salvation. Thank you for loving me enough to take my sin and to take my place on the cross. And Jesus' resurrection announces to us it is possible for us to live forever with God in a real place called heaven. So when we celebrate communion, that's what we're celebrating. We need to pause and sit in awe and wonder of not only what happened at Christmas, but what happened at Easter when Jesus initiated communion. So let me tell you how we do communion here at Epic. 
We believe communion should be open to anybody who's put their faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So if you've done that before, or if you do that today, we invite you, we welcome you to celebrate communion with us, whether you call us your church home or not. It doesn't matter. We have six different stations set up for communion. So we have two tables up front. We have four tables in the back. So in just a minute, I'm going to read a passage out of 1 Corinthians that talks about communion. And as I finish that, I'm going to pray. And at the end of my prayer, you're going to be free to get up from your seat. Our worship team will be up here leading us through a song. You'll be free to come up to any one of these tables to get the communion elements. The communion elements are a piece of bread or a little piece of cracker. And that represents Christ's body, which was broken for us. And then little cups of juice. It represents Christ's blood, which was poured out for us. And Jesus said, my, my broken body, my blood confirms the covenant, the deepest of all agreements between God and people, that there's a new thing on the horizon. And it's now possible for you to have eternal life through belief in me. And so when you come up, grab a piece of bread or a cracker, Grab a little cup of juice, and I encourage you to pause for a quick prayer. Your prayer this morning could be this simple. Wow, God, thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus to die so I can live. It could be that simple. Or if you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior before, and yet you sense today is the day, for you, the day that you need to do that so you can have eternal life, then I encourage you to pray a simple prayer like this. You could say something like, God, thank you for sending Jesus as my savior. I today receive him as my savior. And Jesus, I ask you to teach me how to follow you the rest of my life. I think a prayer that simple begins a relationship with the creator of the universe that starts and lasts forever. And I think that should cause all of us to go, wow, really? Relationship with God isn't based upon us working our way there. It's based upon what Jesus has done for us. It's based upon what we believe. I think the greatest gift you could ever give God on Christmas is your heart. So if you need to do that today, or if you need to recommit your life to him today, I hope you'll do that during our communion prayer. So 1 Corinthians chapter 11 says, on the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Would you stand with me so we can pray? Wow, Lord. Here we are at another Christmas. And... Lord, we're just slowing down this morning because we live such busy lives and we can get so familiar with the Christmas story, so distracted by the 
just the busyness of the season that we lose a little bit of our awe and wonder of what really happened that first Christmas. So God, thank you for sending Jesus in the form of a baby. Jesus, thanks for coming to the earth in that form and putting your life in the hands of your own creation. And then, Jesus, thank you for living a perfect life. And then taking my place, taking our place on the cross so that you could pay our sin debt, make it possible for us to live with God forever. That should cause all of us to just say, wow. This morning, Lord, we, we want to get back in touch with awe and wonder of, of you and what you have done. We want to say, wow, all Christmas season. And Lord, we know we need to learn how to say, wow, all year long. And all the amazing things you do in us and through us. So this morning, we celebrate communion, something, Jesus, that you've asked us to do. To remember your life, your death, and the reality that one day you're going to come again. So God, we celebrate communion, knowing that there might be somebody here today who needs to put their faith and trust in you for the first time in their lives. And Lord, I pray that, that they would. I pray that in this moment of, of awe and wonder of you, that they would just say, yes, Jesus, I believe. I believe you became flesh and died so I can live. I pray that they'd put their faith and trust in you now become a follower of yours. God, thanks for the privilege of meeting in this school. Thanks for the privilege of us gathering as a church family and inviting many of our family and our friends and people from our community and other communities to join us this morning. We worship you, Jesus. We're in awe of you. And we celebrate your birth. We celebrate your death. And we celebrate your second coming. In Jesus' powerful name, we pray all this. Amen. You are now free to take communion.